0: There's joy in every journey.
1: And I hope everybody enjoyed having week one of the National Football League back in our lives. And I know it was worse. My performance in picking in week one, or yourself from the New York Jets. I mean, take your pick. Splitting hairs at that point. It was great having football back. There were a couple of times where I'm yelling and screaming. Uh, I still in some ways feel a little mentally exhausted from the first witching hour of the year and a lot of those outcomes did not go the way I necessarily wanted them to go. But hey, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. And we start, of course, with the Jets who end up losing by 10 points up in Orchard Park. But let's be honest. If you watch the game on Sunday, you know full well if you're a Jet fan, that final score doesn't even begin to do justice to how poorly the Jets played, to how just flat-out awful they looked, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Really, on all three faces of the game, the Jets could not have looked worse. I mean, they were just flat-out miserable from the get-go every which way. But if you do not watch that game and you see a 10-point margin, you say, wow, 10 points, not the worst. No, you got to watch games. Because this is a game where if Buffalo would have cleaned up a couple of things, they win this game easily by three scores, if not more. And sometimes in sports and sometimes in the NFL, what appears to be obvious it's just simply fact. That to me is what you ended up getting out of this Jet roster here in the first game of the year. Look, this is not news to me at all that the Jets looked outclassed in many ways in taking on the Buffalo Bills. Talked about this over the weekend. How last year at this time... Buffalo was on this sort of trajectory at the beginning of the year that you thought was right on par with the New York Jets. By the time you hit the end of the year, it was pretty obvious. Buffalo had been in the playoffs now two or three years. They were building, they were growing, they were doing this, they were doing that. And the Jets were still in many ways spinning their wheels from the head coach to the uncertainty around their quarterback. And then of course, defensively the loss of Jamal Adams and on and on we go. But this week one performance in many ways kind of puts into light the glaring issues, the glaring weaknesses, the glaring problems that you have throughout this roster. But I have to start first with the quarterback, Sam Durham. Now, let's make something perfectly clear. Is Sam Darnold right now in a position where the Jet roster has elite talent around him? Of course not. You'd be a fool to say otherwise. This is a remade, revamped offensive line that's going to take some time to gel. The weapons are so poor to begin with. But the sort of stuff that I saw from Sam Darnold in his first game of the year is beyond alarming. The throws that were missed can't happen. The interception that looked as rookie as it gets cannot happen. The delay of the game after the kickoff cannot happen. I mean, this is just amateur, amateur, amateurs type stuff from what's supposed to be a guy in his third year who should have a far more grasp of control of what in the world's going on. You don't want to like jump to conclusions immediately after one game. But when you see Sam Darnold and the jet offense looking like this, I mean, how are you not alarmed? They gave off the look today that they were going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Are they going to continue on that trajectory? Are we going to see that over the next couple weeks? Who knows? You always want to be careful in overreacting the week one in some cases. And we'll get to the teams that you should cool the jets on. We'll get to the teams where I think that the week one panic, if you will, is a little more legitimate. And I'd make the case that the Jets, to me, are one of those week one teams where they're poor play. The way they were dominated at the line of scrimmage. Josh Allen, and listen, you guys know I'm not the biggest Josh Allen fan in the world, and you even saw some of his problems in the second half of this game. He's reckless at times with the football He's still not as where he needs to be from an accuracy standpoint, but he hadn't thrown the Bills on at a 300-yard quarterback. And it feels like forever. Jets allowed that to happen. Jets easily could have given up 30-plus points. Easily. And last year, we were singing the praises of Greg Williams' unit, but... Now you take away Jamal Adams, and I know Marcus May was all over the field, and I know he made some poise in this game. But you look throughout the Jet defense, and I ask you a simple question. What exactly is the strength of the defense? I mean, you tell me. What exactly is the strength of the defense? Is it pass rush? Is it secondary? Is it? Stopping a run—it's just not a great thing. It's not—it's—it's it's just not a team in any way to where it needs to be. It was alarming, very, very alarming. Now I understand there was no preseason this year, and I understand that this offseason was drastically different for a whole lot of teams, but. No excuses because this set of adversity, this set of unique circumstance is the same for everybody involved. Every team in the National Football League has had a role with the punches. Hey, New England took a quarterback that barely played last year. Cam Newton now against my team's pathetic run defense. But they were able to master and put together a game plan that was ready to rock and roll. That's where coaching also comes into play. Now, am I going to use coaching as the number one reason why the Jets lost this game on Sunday against the Bills? No, I would not. Because the Bills are a more well-rounded team. They're a more talented team. But you see the play calling from Adam Gayes. End of the first half. And you see some of those calls that were put together. And you think you have the right coach for the job? Not the way I see it. This coach's saving grace was supposed to be the leap forward, if you will, of Sam Donald if he has any prayer of being back here next season. And it's amazing to me. We are one week in to his second year coaching the New York Jets. And I guarantee you, if I put a poll up on Twitter at this point in time, and I said, will Adam Gaze be back coaching the Jets in 2021? I would assure you, my poll results would be like 90 to 10, unless you guys just wanted to vote differently to mess him up, to have a little fun at my expense. But I think any like rational human being would say, yeah, he's on a collision course for being dismissed. But it's also no given next year that Sam Darnold's a quarterback of this team. Unless you see serious, significant progress. Because you're picking at the top of the draft. We know Trevor Lawrence of Clemson. is going to be sitting there waiting for you. Fields out of Ohio State is another intriguing quarterback prospect. And Joe Douglas can say whatever he wants about Sam Darnold. Likes him, believes in him. All that good stuff. He didn't draft them. It's a lot easier to do that about face if you're coming after a lousy, rotten, miserable season. And some might be listening to me right now and saying, JJ, it's one game of 16. Why are you going as above and beyond talking about some of these long-term ramifications? Well, because I think with the Jets, you kind of have to. They got a daunting schedule right out of the gate. They're going to have a very angry San Francisco 49ers team that lost to the Arizona Cardinals. How about that one by Kyler Murray and company? They're going to have the Niners coming in with all of their talent, with what they bring on the defensive side, and you could easily be staring Owen two in the face. And when you're a bad team like the Jets peer to be. That can spiral out of control pretty quickly. Did last year. Last year the Jets still had that built-in excuse. Sam Darnold getting mono. The Jets not having a capable or a competent backup quarterback. And I know for some of you, not all of you. But there were some of you that looked at what you saw at the end of last year, and you honestly believed there would be a trickle-down effect. There would be a carryover. I never saw it that way. Not with the schedule the Jets played. This final score does not do justice to how lopsided and to how ugly a game this was and you hope for Sam Darnold's sake, his next performance is going to be a heck of a lot better. I don't want to hear the excuses from the quarterback today. I really don't. And I get it. You don't have a great head coach. He don't have much around him. All well and good. Certain mistakes can't be made. They just can't. They're impossible to defend. I'm sure when I have a conversation with our buddy Mike Fliegelman a little bit later on, who's as big a Jeff fan as you're going to find and has been in many ways as big a Sam Donald supporter as you're going to find. Even the biggest Sam Donald supporter on the planet cannot begin to try to justify and rationalize and defend some of the sloppiness and some of the inexcusable mistakes that cannot happen from a third-year quarterback. And it's kind of amazing watching a bunch of the games today. Mayfield, Donald, even to a lesser extent Allen. Mistakes coming from those guys at the position that, to me, you do not want to see in your third year. And it's going to look a heck of a lot worse for Baker Mayfield and Sam Donald. That it is for Josh Allen, whose team is 1-0 on the air, and he throws for 300 yards, and his team's going to win a good amount of ballgames. Any of the worst possible fears you might have had about the Jets going into this year, had to be realized watching them Sunday. Tough for me to come on the air and preach any sort of positive. That was ugly, ugly, ugly football. We got a lot to get to. We got our jet reaction from what was a dismal showing against the Buffalo Bills. Don't let the final scores fool you. So much for Adam Gaze and Sam Darnold hitting the ground running, at least looking like, you know, a coaching quarterback. that feel better going into their second year. Better. They look like they were heading in the opposite direction. They looked like they were going backwards. Got a lot more on that. We have wall-to-wall reaction week one in the NFL from Cam Newton's big day to the Rams taking out the Cowboys. And it's amazing. Mike McCarthy tries to go aggressive on you. And a terrible, terrible call on the offensive pass interference on Michael Gallup. I mean, my goodness. What a terrible, terrible call that was. We'll get to that. We'll get to Tom Brady and what was a dismal showing for him and the Buccaneers down in New Orleans. And there were some rather interesting games. Look. We wondered, would week one of the NFL be what you would have expected? And, yeah, in some ways, fans not being there kind of hurt. But for me, sitting there at 3 o'clock, seeing all those games going on, having the witching hour in full swing, sure felt like the witching hour.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.